0: Welcome into the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out Sports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsportscom where you will find free podcasts, free columns, free news stories, free videos. Everything we do is free. But we also have sponsors. We've got a bunch of new sponsors. We really appreciate their commitment to us. We want you to commit to them. And one of them is a listener of ours for a long time. His name is Dr. Jonathan Chung. And he comes to us with Keystone Chiropractic and Neuroplasticity, which is focused on low-force spinal adjustments and brain-based rehabilitation. They've had great results with post-concussion syndrome, dizziness and vertigo, headaches, and chronic neck and back pain. A lot of chiropractors and therapists want to see you three times a week for months. But Keystone has a treatment philosophy of doing just enough to get you back to a normal life again. And this is the big thing. I know everybody's got a question. I can't go to the doctor's office. We understand. Shelter in place, social distancing. Keystone is now offering virtual rehab visits using video conferencing to assess and prescribe effective treatment protocols during the COVID-19 outbreak. Research shows patients getting a supervised telemedicine rehab program can can be just as effective as an in-person visit for many pain conditions. Final thing, mention five reasons why you get a free 15 minute video or phone consultation, and you'll save 50% off your first virtual rehab session. The website is chiropractickeystone.com. That's right, chiropractickeystone.com, or follow on social media, on Twitter, Dr. Jonathan Chung, no H in there, Dr. Jonathan Chung, or Instagram, Keystone Neuro, N-E-U-R-O. And now, today's episode.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor. A Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the 5 Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back. No Alphonse Sidney tonight. Make sure you check out our draft. We got the Heat teams uh, to the starters, basically. So we put together 30 of the most impactful Heat players ever. Uh, myself and Greg Sylvander created the list, and then Alex, Alf, and me drafted five starters a piece. And no, it's not the same five starters for each of us. It was a snake draft. We drafted 15 total players to fill out our rosters. Uh, my team and Alex's team are the best, and Alf's team is terrible. But we're gonna we're gonna talk about that more on a future episode. But today we've got Zach Buckley. You have heard him on our podcast before. You can also uh, read him. A Bleacher Report, sometimes he has contributed to us as well over at 5 reasons, And you did one of these things that got people talking, Zach, um, which I'm sure you were not surprised about. And since you are familiar with, uh, with the way Heat fans get about any player being slighted, the only thing that Heat fans cared about on this list of the 25 top players under 25 years old, which you titled They Got Next, Luka Doncic, Uh, Zion Williamson and the NBA's top 25, under 25. The only thing that he fans cared about was where Bam Adebayo was. Um, And so we're going to get to that. But let's go to the top of your list and just start with the top five and how you came to your decision on the top five players in the NBA under 25 years old.
1: Uh, You know, it's tricky with these rankings because – To me, you have to put some subjectivity into that. Uh, I know there's people who will come up with a numerical formula that that kind of uh, has the argument for them. You know, you plug in the numbers, uh, it it comes up with whatever it wants to come up with, and that's what you put out. To me, you're kind of just uh, removing yourself from the process a little too much. Sometimes the numbers get funky. I think there's a couple people who are very good at that, and there's a lot of times where you see that go awry. kind of what I did just to put them all together. Um, you know, took a look at traditional stats, some advanced stats, uh, and really factored in what have we seen right now and really what's the growth potential. I gave everyone kind of a score from five to 10 in terms of how much potential they have left. Uh, that will be key when we uh, get to our BAM discussion a little later, but, uh, yeah, just for the top five, uh, just to run through them, I guess, um, there's a couple tiers here. I think Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, You know, no surprises. Those are going to go one, two. I think everyone wants to know the order. Uh, in fact, Bleacher Report, we did a, um, a roundtable, I think, uh, mm-hmm. about two weeks ago where we had that same discussion among all our writers. There was more support for Doncic that night, uh, and that's where I came down. I just think if you've got a primary playmaker and shot creator, as good as Zion is, he's always going to be dependent on someone else. Uh, mm-hmm. So – Give me Doncic. Give me the guy who's running the offense, who's creating uh, looks for everyone, making his teammates better. Uh, So that's kind of what gave Doncic the edge over Zion. I had Jason Tatum right behind. I think we're just seeing a a two-way star emerge there. I'm so impressed by what I've seen this season. It just looks like uh, the proverbial, the game has slowed down. It's coming easily to him. So I slotted in Tatum, and then I just rounded out with Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young. Uh, you know, not not uh, all world defenders by any stretch, but just, excuse me, what they're able to do offensively in terms of towns being a, a seven footer who shoots who uh, shoots like a Splash Brother, Trey Young who's kind of this Steve Nash Steph Curry hybrid, um, they could just dismantle a defense so much, and I think. As the NBA kind of shifts more and more towards the offensive end, I think those guys are invaluable. So
0: that's kind of how I rounded out the top five. Well, actually, I think you had—I think you forgot—you actually had Ben Simmons ahead of Trey Young. You had Ben. I, I was looking at it right now. Um, you had Ben, and certainly an argument can be made for. I don't think there's a more opposite offensive player in the league from Trey Young than Ben Simmons is. But actually, you you had Ben, so I'll ask you that question. Uh, okay. What went in? What went into putting? I, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue with you about the top three at this right. point. And I, I know that uh, maybe before the season, the Jason Tatum thing, there might have been some questions about. I, I think the last month before this lockdown, he took his game to a different level. One I was really not anticipating because I actually had Jalen Brown even with him. At one point, and it, Jason Tatum just kind of blew, although I still like Jalen Brown a lot. We're going to talk about him too. But I don't think you can argue. I mean, to me, the biggest thing with Luka and Zion is uh, I agree with you about shot creation, but it's also just sample size at this point. Um, not that what Zion's done in his short time is not incredible, but uh, the other thing about it is, you know, Zion has an injury history. I, I think if you just look at on the face of it, the chances of Luka reaching his potential may be higher. Than the chances of Zion reaching his potential simply because he seems to get banged up a lot. Um, so I, I'm not really going to argue with those two. I think Tatum certainly makes sense. I mean, Towns is kind of a man without an island here in a lot of ways. I mean, Towns as an offensive player is historically great, like, <laughs> you know, by all the metrics, but he does not seem to make his team better. And, and that's, uh, but, but I, I would agree with you that he's four. But give me the rationale maybe why Simmons goes ahead of Young.
1: Yeah, so let me uh, revise that. Um, Simmons, I think you just look at what he's done as a non-shooter, right? Basically, I don't have the numbers. Basically, you know, you're looking at about 17 points, uh, seven assists, seven rebounds every night, uh, and on top of that, he's going to defend all five positions. Uh, you're a six foot ten inch, 230 pound point guard. Like I feel like I've never seen that. Um, you know you get that guy in the open court I think he's basically unstoppable you know obviously yeah he can't shoot we know that uh, doesn't look like that's ever going to change Um, if it does it's great if not you know I I think so much of this Ben Simmons discussion and then when you widen it out to Simmons and Embiid and do those guys work I think the problem has just really been the surrounding cast and, you, and you've mm-hmm. got to have the right players to make them work. So I'm not going to fault him for, for Philly, uh, you know, forgetting that it's 2020 and, and loading up on size and, and, and sacrificing shooting to get there. Uh, he's not in a great situation. I don't think in, in terms of what he has around him and you're still looking at just an unbelievable, unbelievably productive player who gives it to you on both ends. I think that's really the difference with him and Trey um Trey's phenomenal offensively obviously but if you look at like uh, ESPN's plus minus I, I think uh, I don't know if it's still this way but at one point in the season he was literally the best offensive player in the league and the worst defensive player in the league I think he's mm. top five and bottom five uh now <laughs> but you know, the I, split is this it's 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 unbelievable it's kind of you know, how much value you can add and how much you can take away. And and I think Simmons gives you enough on offense where when you consider all he does defensively, that just gave him a little bit of an edge for me.
0: All right. So let's get to the next one. I I think the next one is a little surprising and uh, who you have at number seven. And you even say here in the comments that, that, you know, to some this may seem a little aggressive Uh, and and I, I love his game, but I was surprised that you put John Morant You know, who's basically played 60 games as a rookie, ahead of Donovan Mitchell, and ahead of Devin Booker. Um, So I, so what, what is the rationale there? Because a lot of this, we're having this conversation: offense, defense. If you look at your first few guys. Uh, which, I look, there can't be a case made against, like I said, either Luka or Zion or Tatum, uh, who I, I think has the potential to be a really good defensive player. Uh, Towns is a bad defensive player, or has been for the most of his career. Simmons is a good defensive player. Trey, as you mentioned, may be the worst defensive player in the league. Um, but, you know, the argument against Devin Booker has always been the defense. But I do think if if most casual NBA fans look at this, even with Phoenix being out of the spotlight, I think they might swap it. They may be, may put Booker in that seventh spot because they've simply seen him score a ton. Um, what is the rationale for Morant over Mitchell and over Booker?
1: Sure. So <laughs> you can probably imagine this is one I heard uh, quite a bit about on Twitter. Obviously, uh, like you said, this is not consensus opinion by any stretch. Um, you know, when we're talking – When we're doing specifically a youth-focused list, I'm going to lean pretty heavily on potential and what I peg that as. So for John Morant, when you're looking at 20-year-old, like you said, 60-something games into his career, it just feels like you kind of have limitless possibilities. And I don't want to fall into the trap of, you know, hey, the mystery box could be anything. Let's always go there. But when you just look at his game, and I think the impact he's had on his teammates and the fact that he can speed you up and he can motor and attack like you're getting a Russell Westbrook. And then the next minute down, he'll, he'll just have these dribble moves into some flashy pass or he'll manipulate pace like he's a, you know a fifth-year kind of veteran point guard. He just has such a great understanding of the game and of angles and of reads. And I think when you can get that athleticism – plus that vision, plus that playmaking kind of all rolled into one, I kind of feel like I haven't really seen this guy before. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people will say that's, that's a little bit like Westbrook. To me, he's, he's so far ahead of an early career Westbrook in being able to slow down and read the game and make the right pass and make the right decision. And for him to get there right now at 20, uh, yeah, it just feels like, you know, like I said, I've got a 5-10 potential rating. You know, I've got Moran as a 10. Mitchell and Bucker, I gave them both six. You know, mm. they're all-stars. Uh, it's okay to not have a lot of growth potential when you've hit the level that they're at. But I like what uh, Morant's done in terms of turning around the Grizzlies this quickly, a team that had no expectations, not a ton of talent around them uh, to be in the playoff race. And they were actually uh, sitting there in the driver's seat for that eighth seed. It's, it's just been phenomenal. Mitchell's always been kind of a funky player for me to evaluate because uh, we all kind of got lost in his, his scoring numbers as a youngster in Utah, but like there was almost no ramifications they, they needed right. all of his offense, so everything just ran through him uh you know cost him a little efficiency i'm sure but um i've always just had a tricky time kind of figuring out like if he wasn't in Utah and he didn't have Gobert, he didn't have those other guys uh, would the scoring numbers look the same, would we kind of paint him? Uh, in the same picture, would we put him more down as like a Victor Oladipo, who I think, you know, is a great tier two star, but obviously we're not talking tier one, um, you know, Devin Booker, uh, you know, you get the Towns thing, like you said, mm-hmm. he hasn't contributed at all to winning, but uh, the offensive gifts just aren't as unique as Towns, you get a seven foot shooter, of course, I'm interested, you know, Booker's gotten better with his efficiency, he's grown as a playmaker, he's improving, I just don't know what the next gear is. And you're seeing with Phoenix, um, you know, it hasn't, hasn't been enough for them. When you compare maybe Memphis's roster to Phoenix's, are we sure the Grizzlies is, is that much better that, you know, the Grizzlies should be in the race and the Suns are a little bit back? I don't know. So I like Morant's future, and I don't know how much uh, Booker and Mitchell necessarily have room for improvement. All
0: right. So, uh, and, and, you know, I, you make the point in here too that Booker's defense has been better – uh, than is generally advertised, and the Suns were playing better. But the case to make for Morant in that in that situation is it's taken Booker basically four or five years to even as the lead player to get Phoenix to somewhat respectable, whereas Morant made him a five, made Memphis a plus 500 team right away. So I I, I can I can understand what you're saying. I love watching Morant play. I just know you know when a guy is capable of putting up 70, we've seen it. I understand why you're getting the pushback. <laughs> that's that's kind of where you know that comes in, and I you know the Booker thing is kind of the same as the Trey Young thing is. Is Trey Young going to be sort of stuck in a Booker situation for the next three or four years? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I don't think Atlanta is as poorly run as Phoenix has been, at least until recently. But you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Are right, we going to get to the Bam question here and why his name? Has not come up yet we're gonna press Zach Buckley on that but before we do I want to tell you about one of our other great new sponsors and that's Louis Pe- Peters at State Farm actually you know what I'm gonna scrap that ad I'm gonna scrap that ad. I'm gonna do a different one here all right three two one all right before we get to the rest of this list though want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. They've been with us since the almost the beginning at this point, and that's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com. They've got someone there 24 hours a day. That's right. During the shutdown, the website is still open. They can still get you to the right attorney. They handle just about any kind of case, and we know that these days a lot of people are going to need an attorney to handle things that they simply don't understand or the world has changed under their feet. So reach out to the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, they're based right here in North Miami. Also, big Miami sports fans. There's some Marlins fans in there too um, and some Hurricanes fans as well as the Heat fans and the Dolphin fans. So check them out at the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, onecalllegal.com All right, let's get to the rest of this list here. And when we're going to hear a Heat name called. So, and again, Zach, could you please review, you know, because for people who think you're anti-heat, could you give a little a bit of your background here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I've covered the heat uh, for Bleacher Report. Um, I've been an on-site reporter, actually did a few seasons with them. I don't hate the team. I, I really uh, have enjoyed covering the guys. Uh, their media team is awesome. Um, I, I'm not a fan. Uh, I didn't grow up here, so I don't have that fandom, but, uh, you know, I take an objective view of everything and, and, uh, you know, if I, usually if there's a heat discussion, I'll kind of maybe, you know, lean their way a little bit just based off my dealings with them.
0: Okay. So we're going to make this clear, not a heat hater. All right, let's get to the list here. So we've got the top nine, number 10, um, the guy that, uh, the Lakers included, um, I think if they'd had a choice, it probably should have included the guy with whatever color hair he's got right now, Kyle Kuzma, Uh, instead of Brandon Ingram, who's had a breakout season with New Orleans. He looks at times like a little bit of a mini Durant. Uh, Your next name at number 11 is Shea Gilgus Alexander, uh, who I I really like. And, you know, we talk about, you know, Oklahoma City, Sam Presti, all things considered, considering Paul Paul George didn't want to play there anymore. Uh, made out pretty well in that trade, as he typically does. That's not a guy I would trade with generally, um, if you can avoid it, unless there's sort of a gun to his head like there was with Harden. So you have Gilgis Alexander uh, there. And then we mentioned earlier, Jalen Brown at 12, the other Boston wing. And then De'Aaron Fox of the Sacramento Kings is 13. The next guy is going to be Bam Adebayo. Is there anybody on, and obviously Fox was your 13, so this is it's probably him, but was there anybody there that you were thinking, mm, I like Bam's potential better than this guy? And if not, why?
1: Potential, no. Um, just if I'm looking at at future growth and expansion, I didn't give him that edge. My My biggest wonder was, even though he's just, you know, this, this first-year full-time starter and first-year all-star, I kind of feel like we've seen so much of him that we know who he is. So I almost wondered if, his, if he had raised his floor high enough to bump him in front of a couple of those guys. That's what I was looking at. My, my hesitation with his potential is we're all going to, you know, it's all going to come back to shooting. And specifically, I'm looking at his lack of assertiveness as a scorer and as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guys can develop jumpers. I get that. But when you're not looking at the basket, to me, it makes me wonder, you know, how far are you from adding that to your game? Do the Heat want you to incorporate that in your game? I'm sure there's, there's an element of them
0: that do, but, you know. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com, slash Miami Heat. When when you're just not even looking
1: at the basket, I just wonder how far that is and if we'll ever see it. So I looked up some numbers. He's fifth on the team in field goal attempts. When you're the second All-Star, that's going to raise an eyebrow. Uh, His field goal attempts per 36 minutes this year, are basically identical to what you'd seen from uh, Justice Winslow, you know, who, who had a hard time a lot of times pressing the gas. And you're talking about, you know, this is Bam's all-star breakout, and that's how involved he is. So I just don't know, you know, are we going to see this offensive development where he grows from, you know, rim runner, putback guy, hustle guy, and playmaker – into you know full-fledged if not go-to score secondary score I think you give him a jumper you give him a little bit more of a face-up game maybe he makes this Pascal Siakam like jump and then I look pretty foolish for putting him here but if that doesn't happen I kind of wonder if you're looking at sort of a Draymond light only he's not the rim protector that Draymond is he's not quite the passer and you know hey at least Draymond looked at the shot and he would take it if he was open so that's my worry with Bam and, and, and why I bumped him a little bit down behind those guys when we were just talking about potential.
0: All right, well, I want to talk about the, the guys you did pick, and then I'll, I'll get to my thoughts on Bam because a lot of what you've said echoes comments we've made on the podcast. Uh, but but I have one reason why I think he's going to end up in the top 10 on your list, which which we'll get to in a second. Um, I, again, I, I like all the guys you have. I love Gilgis Alexander. I, I think what you said about him is totally correct. He doesn't do anything – great like top top level but he's really good at everything and and i the transition he's made to okc has been really impressive um i like ingram i don't like him as much as most i think um i'm one of those who's a little hesitant on the whole max thing with him i I, again i i guess i haven't seen him enough this year but one of my questions going forward with him is you know if if they don't move drew holiday and and I, I still think they might, but if they don't move Drew Holiday and, and Zion really emerges as the guy, will Brandon Ingram in the third role or something like that look different than Brandon Ingram looked without Zion this year? Because I, I think, like you mentioned with Donovan Mitchell, I think sometimes it's just, okay, and I'm not saying he wasn't efficient. He was efficient. Sometimes it's just somebody needs to do it. <laughs> and, and, and they were so ravaged by injuries this year, uh, with the exception of him and Holiday, that I almost wonder if some of it just fell to him by default. So I like his game, um, but I don't know that I would have him 10, to be honest. I, I, I like a couple of guys you have a little later. I, I love Jalen Brown's game, but to me, um, Jalen Brown is I, – I think he's a, a super high-level, maybe number two or number three guy on a team. I think we've seen Tatum pass him. Um, I, I think he's a guy who you're going to win a lot of games with. I, I love his defensive mentality. I love his attitude in general. Um, and he's becoming more of a playmaker and, and, and finding more spots on the floor that he can score from. Um, but I'm just trying the, the guy, I, I think I like Shea the best of those guys, to be honest. Um, Fox is, is questionable. Um, in my view, cause the speed thing, there's no question, um, and I just have this hard time evaluating anything with Sacramento because it's been such a bleep show of an organization. Uh, but I don't know. Sometimes when I watch him, I, I feel like he plays out of control at times. I, I don't I, – have you seen that at all? Do, do you do you view it that way? Like, would you mention with Morant, the pace he plays with and his ability to adjust pace as a point guard? I, I don't see that from Fox as often.
1: Yeah, no, no. That That's definitely fair in – It's crazy to say about a rookie, but yeah, I I think Morant's already ahead of Fox uh, in that department. And that is worrisome. And, um, you know, like you said, you wonder a little bit if that's Sacramento environment sort of seeping in that, that team, you know, just such a poorly run organization, they can't figure out what they want to be. Their guys keep getting injured. You think it's a team that's going to run and gun, but then they kind of play at a slower pace. So, I would love to see Fox somewhere else, and I think we'd get a better idea. Him and Bam, uh, just to speed up the conversation there, because obviously that's what everyone's wondering, um, it was it was razor thin between them. I, I The reason I gave Fox the edge, um, one is the playmaker thing. I think just being a primary playmaker, you can have more of a direct influence on the game and on your teammates than Bam can. I know the Heat run a lot of offense through him. But, you know, you're probably topping out at five, six assists. You know, we'll see if we get to 20 points. Um, Fox is going to be more involved in that. And I think the big question with Fox, beyond just seeing the game, reading the game, which hopefully comes with time, is his outside shot. Right. And that's completely abandoned him this year. Maybe it never comes back. But he's had a season before where he was well above league average, wasn't on a great volume. But I think that's kind of the biggest question mark I have with both of these guys. And I've seen Fox be able to do that before and provide it. So uh, I get that this is the one that's going to probably drive people nuts. Uh, it drove me nuts trying to kind of figure out where I wanted to go with this. But ultimately, came down to my little potential rating. I had Fox mm-hmm. one notch higher than BAM. But uh, that, that's about it. I mean, they're, they're neck and neck.
0: You know, the reason I would lean Bam, um, and, and I understand your, your rationale for it, but the reason I would lean Bam, and again, the reason I think Bam's going to creep into the top 10 here eventually, is just the nature of the position he plays in the modern era. And I think what he's basically doing is he is, in some ways, I think in the same way that Chris Bosh kind of revolutionized uh, his position the way that the heat used him. I think that what Bam is doing as a primary playmaker, I mean, he's not like pretty much Jimmy said it at all-star. Bam's their point guard on <laughs> a lot of possessions. I mean, he's the one bringing the ball out the court. He's the one you know, starting the set. And I just, I think that, that his – I think the questions that we have about Bam, which I, some of them he started to answer and then he would step back. So the Washington game before the shutdown – you know, where and Jimmy wasn't on the floor, he couldn't get anything going, everybody was out or fouled out. And, and, you know, I kept tweeting, okay, bam, now, your team, now. And his next three minutes were, as to me, the most dynamic three minutes he's ever played. He t- literally took over that game. I think it's in him. And I think the All Star experience this year, everything that Jimmy has done to empower him, the guys like Zoe and Haslam and Bosch who've basically anointed him and Dwayne has to a certain degree. Also, I just think that there is another level he can get to. And I think we have to, in some ways, get away from the construct of what we're expecting BAM to be because the Heat are creating a totally different beast there. And I trust them to create it. They created LeBron at the four. They created, you know, the pace and space. Okay. With Shane Battier at the four, um, they created uh, this situation with, with, again, like with Bosh and, and and redeveloping his game, reimagining his game. I think they're going to – part of why I think Bam's potential is higher than some of the other guys on this list is I trust the Heat more with it. <laughs> uh, I trust the Heat more than I trust the Kings, for sure, okay? Uh, De'Aaron Fox may be a guy who is always just going to be potential until he gets out of there. I mean, that's we've seen that with so many players on that roster. Uh, with Jalen Brown, again, I think Boston will do right by him, but I, I don't think his his top end upside is as high as Bam's, and I also don't think he plays a position where he's going to be you know one of the top three guys at that position. I think Bam can be. Um, I trust Oklahoma City to develop uh, Gilgis Alexander. Uh, I don't, but again, I don't know what Ingram is going to be, and if New Orleans doesn't max him, or even if they do, and he's next to Zion. I'm wondering if he gets lost. So that's why I think Bam can kind of creep up uh, into that area. I do want to go, before we go here, I want to go through a few of the guys you had after Bam because there are some good players after Bam. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. has had kind of a breakout season from three. You mentioned Memphis has had success. D'Angelo Russell scored a ton of points. He's almost as bad defensively as a couple of the other guys we've talked about. Uh, but in Minnesota, he's still going to score a ton of points. DeAndre Ayton started to come on the last month. For the Suns before this break, um, this was an interesting one. How did you evaluate what to do with Porzingis? Because I, I think if we did this list um, a year, two years ago, before the injury, he would be top five, wouldn't he? And now yeah. we ha- you had him in eighteen,
1: right? And, and and I, I'm like, should I put this guy twenty fifth? Should I put him fifth? Like we, <laughs> I feel like we still don't know what he is, who he is, who he can be. Um, he's I think there's only a couple twenty-four year olds on this whole list. Uh, it might just be him and Towns, and I've got him with one of the higher potential scores, even though he's on the older end. Just because I'm like, I still don't know where this is going because we lost so much to the ACL tear, and I don't wow. know how we come back. Um, but you know, a, a seven-foot-three guy who's going to shoot and block shots and maybe post up and maybe average, uh, you know, twenty, twenty-five points. That's really interesting. I, I don't know where his career is necessarily going. So yeah, that was a tricky one. I just thought this kind of um offered some room for his potential, but kind of couched the possibility that maybe he's not becoming what we thought he would. Maybe he's just gonna be this co-star or even, you know, third star if Dallas gets another uh big time player.
0: Yeah, maybe that big time player is Giannis, so the Heat fans uh don't want to hear that. You had John Collins at nineteen. Uh, there were always the comparisons between John Collins and Bam. I like John Collins. I, I do agree with you that Bam, uh, I, I think, should be higher on this list. Jamal Murray at 20. I feel like guys kind of get lost in Denver because they've got so many ensemble pieces, uh, but he is their primary scorer. Jonathan Isaac at 21. I've, I've liked what I've seen of him this year. You had. I thought this one was interesting because he's already made an all-star team. You had Sabonis at 22. So you have Sabonis. Behind Collins, behind Isaac, uh, I mean, Jamal Murray plays a different position. And behind Jaron Jackson, which I do agree with you on that one. Why is Sabonis after he's made an all-star team so low? You don't, you don't see much room for growth here?
1: That's a big part. And I, and I just don't know what's the ceiling for a team that, that you just have to build so much of your roster around him. Because not only is he uh, an interior big man, which you don't see a lot of, but he, he needs the offense to run through him. So you're going to do a lot of elbow, high post stuff. And also he's not much of a shot blocker. So there's a very specific roster that you have to build around him. It needs to feature him heavily. And I don't know if the team that does that is going to be any better than, you know, pretty good like the Pacers. All
0: right. This one uh, also interesting to me um, Michael Porter Jr. who I feel like a lot of fans forgot about because of the injuries and Denver was shelving him and like I mentioned with Murray they just have a ton of impressive you know guards and wings I mean they just got they just have a lot of guys um they're kind of the team again nobody talks about because everybody just wanted Lakers Clippers in the Western Conference Finals uh, you have you have Porter Jr ahead of Lonzo Ball who I I actually thought has I mean, we talk about Holiday, we talk about Ingram, we talk about Zion. I feel like Lonzo Ball getting out of L.A. was a great thing for him. And the times I watched him this year, I'm impressed. Like, I, I feel like even without a reliable jumper, he does so much else. There, is a, there really is a lot of Jason Kidd in his game. Um, why Porter Jr. ahead of Lonzo Ball? Uh,
1: Porter Jr., you know, we, we have no idea if he's gonna ever approach this, but his best version is a six foot ten inch three level scorer and just mm-hmm. a complete mismatch guy. Uh, you know, too big for your quick wing defenders, too uh too quick for your uh big man defenders. He can score so many different ways. That's always been his MO. That's why he was such a highly regarded prospect at one time, you know, the top of his class until all these injuries got to him. So I think, you know, we, we've only seen little doses here and there, so who knows, the sample size, qualifiers, blah, 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 but the game looked like it was coming so easy to him already, and, you know, the guy really hasn't played in two years, and he's barely breaking his sweat out there, and you're getting, you know, basically 20 points per 36 minutes, 50% shooting from the field, 40% from three, I think it's so valuable to have just a go-to, no doubt about it, scorer on the wing who's going to cause that much mismatch problems for other teams. I can envision a universe in which he's the best player on a really good team. That's probably what pushes him over the edge for me with Lonzo. Lonzo is going to be that connective tissue that brings guys together that, that picks them up, but he's always going to need other players around them to be able to do that. So Uh, I thought it was interesting, one of the toughest decisions I had was picking out who do I put 25th, because Mm -hmm. I really had a strong group of 24, and then I felt like there was a drop-off. I I definitely felt like, I just want to make that point to say, even though Alonzo's 24th, I'm with you. I've seen a lot of things I like this year, and and, um, he was a lot closer to 23 than 25.
0: Let's go through 25 because you mentioned uh, who you picked, which was Miles Turner, who really has not had a good year. Um, and then some of the other guys you were considering, you know, marketing has fallen off and with the injuries. Um, Markel Fultz, who I think has started to show some promise this year, and I really did want the Heat to, tr- to trade for him last year and was making that push consistently because I, I thought that getting out of Philly would be good for him. Uh, Christian Wood, you mentioned. And of course, Aaron Gordon, who will forever be known as uh, as losing to D.J.J. in the dunk contest, I found it interesting, and and I think he fans will find it interesting, um, that they're two. Uh, well, let's put it this way: they're, they're they're two rookies, and they're one second year. Uh, I don't know what Duncan Robinson is. I guess second year uh, shooting sensation were not even part of your honorable mention i'm gonna to have to ask the question again zach are you a hate hater did, did you or did you consider them did you i mean uh, tyler hero kendrick nunn who i i know i kind of know what the knock's going to be there but tyler hero kendrick nunn and duncan robinson did you give them a second thought uh
1: they were they were on my you know if i had a big board of 35 or whatever i started with um Duncan was not, just because he missed out on my uh, technicality with ages. I think I had a certain cutoff for, for being okay. 25, and I think he just missed it. Probably wouldn't have put him in anyways. Um, great, great shooter, but you know when you're a specialist, I think there's probably more interesting things, although I, I do really like his game. Um, none, you know, I had to knock him for, for growth potential. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, That's what I was going to say.
1: Yeah, and, and you know w- when you're a primary guard, I know the Heat have have kind of figured out, hey, if we put these other shot creators around him and let him score, that puts him in the best situation. But you know the fact that he does that, I think that's that's sort of a flaw in his game that they're kind of working to uh, that they have to work around. That's the knock on him. I like Hero, love his upside, um, but you know I, I I didn't see enough from him. You know he didn't make this John Morant Zion type of splash with me. He had his moments. Um, you know, maybe if he was just on a worse team and got more run and got more right. exposure, maybe that would have been enough. But, you know, some of the guys that you mentioned, like, like Turner, who got the nod, marking in even Gordon, we've seen more higher, high level play. Um, even when those guys, I think were a little younger. So hero made me think the most, but, but honestly, he, he wasn't, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a reason I guess that he didn't get mentioned and it's not that I hate the heat.
0: No, you don't hate the Heat, and I don't want to give you a hard time about that. But I I do think that uh, in a year, there might be a reconsideration of that one. Um, And some of these guys will, like you mentioned, there aren't a lot of 24s on the list. You only got a couple. But I think as those guys drop off, I I just think, to me, Tyler Hero has that thing uh, that some of these guys on this list haven't shown yet, which is the takeover ability, I don't give a bleep ability at the end of games. And and that – Separate you, particularly if you 're going to play on a team that is going to be good and we expect the heat to be good going forward, if not great if they, if the right things fall in place for them and I just think that having a guy who Jimmy Butler is already deferring to down the stretch is going to make him really compelling um, and we 've seen Morant has that ability he 'll step up late in games, Donovan Mitchell does it, Booker does it, um, but I just I, a hero has that quality, and I, I think I think we're going to start talking, about. It. I agree with you about Nunn. I like Kendrick Nunn, um, but I, I, and I, I, I've seen him make incremental improvements this year. It seems like he takes a step back, teams figure him out for a little bit, and then he surges back up. I think that's positive, but I do think that the wave will crest at some point with him, whereas with Hero, to me, it's a straight line up. Like, I, I don't – with his youth, his work ethic, his confidence – and his shooting ability, and what we've seen in his playmaking ability, I think he'll be on your list next year. All right, Zach, appreciate you doing it. Appreciate you explaining it. We're gonna send this out to Heat fans, uh, just to give them something. You know, this is—they're all getting deliveries at their apartments or their houses right now. We're just gonna deliver this to them and let them chew on you, and uh, and we'll go from there. But Zach, appreciate you doing this one.
1: Thank you. Always a pleasure.
0: All right, and also check out our other great sponsor, DoralToyota.com. We know, obviously. People aren't running out to car dealerships right now, but you can shop online. So take a look at their incredible selection of new and used vehicles, DoralToyota.com. We've got lots of episodes for you coming up the next couple of weeks, so check them all out. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Fire Regional Sports Network.